Good evening. Good evening, good evening, good evening. Are we live, guys? We're live. Hey, here's the deal. Tonight, um, it's me last week. Welcome to uh, Wednesday Night Live. This is the movement. So in front of me, I feel like I have like NASA-level computer. Our team is so amazing. What they did for me was, is they, I told them, I said, in the middle of this, you're going to have to help me uh, because I want to be able to see the feeds and what's going on. And so uh, basically in front of me, I have on my computers, I've got Instagram running and uh, on on the movements feed. I have Instagram's movement feed up on my phone. So I'm seeing the people join. How you doing, Monette? Giving a shout out to you. Um, Facebook. And then we've also got YouTube and we got our website. So here's something important to know. Across every platform, the reason I'm doing this is across every platform, one of the things that I wanted to be sure of is we have ministry leaders in each one of those platforms that are commenting and sharing and encouraging and they're there to pray and and do all that stuff. But the other thing is I just wanted to connect with you guys a little bit tonight. So do me a favor. Can you, can you just do me a, a quick favor right now? If you are joining, if you're just joining in right now, whether you're on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube or anything like that, um, why don't you go ahead and just comment where you're coming from, where where are you uh, streaming from, what city you're in. I'd love to see that, what city you're in, and uh, give us your name. Um, that would be that would be really cool. I would love that. Um, I'm gonna get this up and going really quickly. I might have to call in a tech person here to help me really fast. Jake is the tech person. (laughs) So this is super, super high budget right now. So yeah, come here, Jake. Everyone say hi to Jake. Can everyone say hi to Jake? Jake. Yeah. So there's, here's the deal. There's four of us in a room right now. Um, and pretty much the same four people that have been together uh, for the last four weeks. So we're bringing this broadcast to you. Um, tonight, um, we're going to be bringing, I think, some really good content. Someone said, hi, Jake. So Pablo Blanco on YouTube from Vista. That's Paul White. Good to see you. Good to see you guys. Um, yeah, Jake's going to get YouTube running for me. He's got Facebook going for me. There you go. Hey, I can see people. There you go. Katie, Joel, Sophia, Danny, Christina, Christina Carell. How you doing, ma'am? To your family, we said hi. Bingo. Everyone give Jake a huge round of applause because we are doing this on the fly because we've never done it before this way, but I was committed and I wanted to be able to connect with you guys a little bit. So, hey, here's the deal. Yeah, let's go, fam. Come on. I love I love it. I love how pumped you guys are. Tom and Diana from Vista jumping on to our feed on our website. Um, it is great um, to be with you guys. Who else we got here? Paige Dominguez. Good to see you, Paige. Paul, how you doing? What's up, family? Let's go. That's right, dude. That's right. So tonight we're just going to have a dialogue. I'm going to talk about a few things. Um, and, 
here's here's what I would like to do. This is this is what I want to attempt to do. I think we can pull it off with your help. We can pull it off. Uh, I want to keep the comments going. Um, how you doing, Ashley? Good to see you. Good to see you joining us on YouTube. Ashley Parker, Arizona, TJ. Miss you guys. It is great, great, great to see you guys jumping on Facebook. I'm glad to see you guys. Man, just seeing all of these names stream in and um, being able to to feel like there's some level of connection and all this disconnection makes my heart feel good. Um, I miss you guys a ton. Um, so here, here's, here's what we're going to do tonight. This is our attempt. Is uh, I really want to talk tonight about hitting the wall. Um, what I realized was as we're talking and as we're, as we're going through this dialogue tonight, uh, you have full, um, permission to comment, to share the link, to ask questions. And the team is going to do the best they can to get me questions. And, uh, I think I do in Javier, uh, and get me questions. And, and I want to be able to to have a dialogue with you. Now, I have some stuff that I think is going to be really important to share with you, uh, but I'm willing to let the dialogue uh, supersede maybe what I have in total in terms of information. I think it's really important because tonight as I talk about this, it's about hitting the wall. And what I realized was is in my own life, now I'm just going to be really vulnerable with you guys and I'm going to share some stuff personally that happened with me. Um, is, you know, early on in whatever crisis or whatever uh, circumstance happens, sometimes it's a trauma in life. I think what ends up happening is, is there's the initial shock where there's a little bit of confusion and you feel kind of dazed. And I, I really, I sensed that early on when everything started to transpire and we had to make some hard decisions here at the church to transition from all of us gathering together on a Sunday morning. And then all of a sudden it was, like overnight, we had to make a decision that we we needed to not gather because of the size of our gatherings. And we went 100% digital and we, set, we started doing church in, right in your home, and, you know, from our house to your living room. And, you know, for the first week, you just, you're running full speed. And I, if you can relate, so if you can relate to this, the first week, you know, you're running full speed, just trying to create a new sense of normal in this really abnormal setting. It, you know, so if, if you can relate to that, like th throw me, throw me like a, a thumbs up emoji or something so that I know that you guys are, you guys are with me. I'm not the only one who was feeling this. Uh, so um, one of the things that ended up happening was and, and again, maybe maybe like me, you experienced this. The first week, we we really as a team and as a staff had to work really, really hard to get things changed. And so the hours increased, the care level increased here at the church because people were reaching out. They were dealing with, and I preached about this, they were dealing with fear, anxiety, and uncertainty. And so we were addressing a lot of those fears. We were trying to figure out just like everyone else, information. We were trying to clarify information so that we could normalize whatever confusion there was so that we would have clarity on how we needed to do things, but also just personally in our homes. And so I'm sure that you guys all 
you dealt with the same thing. And in that first week, it was like, we just went at it. I felt like, you know, a hundred miles an hour, you just ran and you ran hard. Week two, you know, we got through the first Sunday and week two, we, uh, went into the week and I felt like we were doing good. Monday was strong. I felt a little bit tired. And, uh, by Thursday, I want to tell you by Thursday, I, I, I hit the wall and it wasn't just myself. I mean, there was multiple, multiple factors involved in me hitting the wall, but also I knew on multiple fronts that people were beginning to hit the wall. And this is what I mean. Uh, the wall to me was uh, emotions weren't just thin, but they were worn out. Uh, we were extremely weary and tired, and uh, we probably hadn't been sleeping as as well as we needed to. And potentially our eating habits got thrown out the window. Our rhythms and routines went out the window. Our habits, let's say, the normal habits we had went out the window. And Thursday, I just hit the wall. It, it, and if you can relate to this, so two weeks in, I just... I, I had a conversation actually with Pastor Julie, our executive pastor, and her and I were on the phone, and uh, this was last Friday, and we both just having a very open, raw discussion about where we were and how we were feeling and, you know, things transpiring in our personal lives in terms of, you know, her family, my family, how that was affecting things. So it wasn't just like we have the front here at work and, and you're like this, you, you're the same. It's not, you're just not dealing with things on the work front. You're dealing with things on every relational front and you end up hitting the wall. And so I describe it as this, lack of sleep, loss of routine. Um, I got lazy with my nutrition and I started lagging with my time with God. And ultimately it led to just this really, uh, for me, I, I, I can gladly say it was a brief moment of burnout. It just burnt me out. You like, give me a holy high five in the chat. Like, like, give me some praise hands. Give me like the praying hands emoji or something if this hits home. Tracy um, on Instagram, Tracy said that, yes, she hit the wall yesterday. Okay. If you haven't hit the wall, I'm not speaking this over you. I'm not saying that it's going to happen. But, I, but tonight, if you haven't hit the wall, my hope is then that you hear some things that, that I'm dialoguing with you about tonight. And because of it, it keeps you from hitting the wall. Or, or maybe you end up hitting the wall, but not quite as hard, uh, not hitting it full speed. Maybe you hit it at five miles an hour. As, as opposed, I'm getting like multiple praise hands, like hitting the wall. Mr. Mr. Golding got a couple, couple shout outs there with his hands. So Here's the deal, family. Uh, I'm going to be really, really vulnerable with you um, and tell you that one of the biggest battles that I had in my life was dealing with uh, anxiety and depression. And anxiety and depression uh, are, are the fruit of some root things. I'm going to say that again. Anxiety and depression are the, the fruit of some root things. And I have gone through in my lifetimes of such severe depression where it, it was just like, take you out of the game, depression. Um, almost near nervous breakdowns, just mentally and emotionally. Um, because of stress, yes, because of stress. But stress mostly induced, uh, maybe on my own behalf, to some degree, there are external forces. So... Let's just be honest. COVID-19 is an external force. 
nobody around us right now dialed up somebody and said, would you unleash COVID-19 on the globe? This pandemic is not, is not something that is, has been asked for. It's not something that we did something in order to deserve it. This is something out of left field that we're all dealing with. And um, to a certain degree, if you will, if you, if you understand what I'm saying. And one of the things that I want to say is this. If we can get a hold of really taking care of ourselves, so tonight I'm going to talk about self-care. If we can get a hold of what self-care is, what it means, and getting a hold of caring for ourselves and making sure that we're dealing with some root things so the fruit things don't get uh, blown out of perspective, I personally believe what will happen is our relationships are going to see more peace. Uh, the things, the circumstances we're dealing with, our perspective is going to change. Right now, something important, um, you know, I was talking to our staff uh, yesterday, I think it was, and again, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to be vulnerable with you guys. And I was talking to our staff and I, I can tell you right now, there was a moment that the staff was looking at me, asking me a question, and I just was silent. And I just said, I don't know. I actually, number one, I don't know the answer. I don't know what to tell you. And if you are a leader at work, you're a leader in the home, uh, I can tell you right now, you're leading somebody. You're influencing. Leadership is influence. You're influencing somebody. That could be someone at the grocery store, someone in your home, someone at work. You don't have to be the boss to be an influencer. You're an influencer. And if you're influencing somebody, this is key, is the vulnerability to say, I don't have all the answers. And so I just had to tell the team, you guys, I don't have the answers. And that took a huge weight off my shoulders. And in taking that weight off my shoulders, I was then able to uh, verbalize some things. Number one, um, I was able to share with the team that I was frustrated and I was experiencing much like the grieving process that we would go through, I was experiencing these waves. It was really crazy. And again, like you're going to have to help me out here and like give me thumbs up or, or something in the, in the comments when I say this, if, if, this is, if you know what I'm talking about here. Um, if you're watching on our, on our website, you can just all caps, amen. Uh, but what I realized was is that I was feeling anger. And then in the next moment, I would be, I would just be in this moment of dazed and going, I'm trying to figure all this out. And then all of a sudden I would feel angry again. And I just had these, these yo-yo emotions that I was going through. And I had to place what I was mad at and what I was angry about. And the truth was, I'm not angry at anybody. Remember that 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 this is like humanity against coronavirus. It's humanity against COVID. It's not nation against nation. It's not political party against political party. It's, it's not, I, I, I'm speaking truth into the situation. What I'm, I'm not saying what's happening because what's happening in society is we're making it personal. People are getting angry at other people. And it's, I think the anger is real, but it's misplaced. We're, listen, we're, we're tired. We're emotionally and mentally trained. And uh, we're, we're struggling and we're having a hard time and emotions get thin and we, we get short with one another and we take it out on people and companies and uh, politicians and fill in the blank. And the truth is, it's okay to feel that, but know 
that it's humanity against the sickness. It's not humanity against humanity. And so uh, what, I, what I wanted to start with was this. In Matthew, I got, yeah, I got some really all caps amens rolling through the, through the comments. That's good. Um, I'm going to read this in the message translation. This is the message translation in Matthew 11, 28 through 30. It says, are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? This is, this is Jesus speaking. Are you tired, worn out, and burnt out on religion? Religion, it's not, he's not saying Jesus. He's not saying the following of God, the following of Jesus. He's saying the, the, the rituals, right? Just for the sake of, of rituals, um, the rhythms and the habits that just become rhythms and habits, but there's no power. There's nothing satiating our souls behind it. Are you tired? Are you burnt out? Are you worn out? And he says, come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. And man, isn't that what we all need right now? I mean, we just need a real rest. And how do we rest in the midst of crisis? How do we rest in the midst of confusion and things that are going on that are outside of our control? And he says, Jesus says, walk with me and work with me. How do you rest? You walk with him and you work with him. Watch how I do it. We need to, so that, so what we do is we need to look to him to see how he's doing it. We need to, at, at the end of the day, if we look to him, if, if we walk with him, we work with him, we watch how he does it, we'll begin to look like he looks. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavier or fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. This, this scripture, you know, give me an amen if this is, if, if this lifts a burden off your shoulders the way it did me. This lifted a huge burden off my shoulders when I read this because I, I was able to let settle in my spirit inside of me something that I knew in my head but hadn't made the 18-inch journey into my heart and just deep in me. And that was um, self-care is, is necessary, but a savior is most necessary. I'm going to say that again. Self-care is necessary, but a savior is most necessary. Um, I, I just want to say this really quickly. Um, self-care is not an excuse to be self-centered. So when I talk tonight about self-care, uh, I am not saying, what, what, what I am not saying is self-care says it's me time. It's only me. Everything else dies to me because I'm number one and you got to take care of number one. That is not what self-care is. That's not what I'm defining. Self-care is not an excuse to be self-centered, um, but it is a tool for self-reflection. Self-reflection for what? To go back to what I just read in Matthew 11, and I was reading out of the message translation. Some of you guys are asking right now. Um, what is it that we're reflecting on? We're reflecting on the life of Jesus. We're reflecting on the personhood of Jesus. Why? Because when we take care of ourselves and we reflect on who he is, and we, that reflection is cast on us, we begin to look more like him. So the goal is, is that we would honor God as we honor our bodies and we rest our bodies. How have you been resting your bodies? Uh, if you're like me, I can tell you that my sleep patterns are all screwed up. I'm going to bed later than I normally do. Let me say this. I'm in bed. I'm falling asleep later than I normally do. Uh, my sleep is interrupted. I'm not sleeping well. And then I'm up at a, I'm awake about the same time I would be. And I lay in bed and I'm groggy and I just don't feel good. And you may feel the same thing. 
and it's our bodies are trying to regulate. They're trying to self-regulate with the stress that we're feeling. Something important for you to know, your body does not know from a physiological standpoint, does not know how to discern. It can't actually separate stress that you receive from um, being quarantined because of COVID-19 or the stress that you would receive from going out and running a triathlon, let's say, uh, or, or working out really hard or stress from work. Stress to your body is stress. It doesn't know. It just receives a signal. And then it's trying to regulate and it's trying to do some things chemically to get balance in your body. And there's some things we can do to help. Here's a couple biblical principles, some principles that we learned from Jesus. And I just want to share these with you really quick. If the goal of self-reflection is to become more like Jesus, we need to honor God by honoring our bodies. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Now, we didn't put scriptures up on this feed. And so if anyone wants my notes, if anybody wants my notes after this, you can, right now, you can direct message on any one of our platforms, send me an email at pat at themovement.org. My first name at themovement.org. And I will send you my notes from tonight um, because there's going to be some scriptures. First Corinthians 6, 19 says, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You were not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. We need to honor God with our bodies. That means we need to be a we need to be aware of how our bodies are doing. Uh, am I aware? Number one, are you aware of how you're doing? Self-care is you, you need to be aware. Are you tired? Start to look at some of those indicators. You know, lack of sleep, loss of activity, loss of appetite, um, loss of routine, uh, maybe getting lazy with a few things. Something I want to talk about really quick. When we honor God with our body, your body is not just comprised of fingers, you know, a skull with a brain and some feet and some organs. Your body, biblically, I want, I want to make sure that we know this. Your body's comprised of your entire body, the whole, I'm going to use the word the holistic you, is body, soul, and spirit. First Thessalonians 5.23, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Sorry, people are sending me questions on, on text because we're super pro. <laughs> so our bodies are comprised of much more than what we see when we look in the mirror. I love Romans 12.1. We're urged to offer our bodies as living sacrifices and it says in verse 2, of chapter 12 of Romans, do not conform to the patterns of this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So there's something significant about our entire body, soul, spirit, mind. That's our emotions. That's our appetite, what we hunger for. That's physically. So that touches every part of who we are that we need to be sure that we're caring for. God gives us some really good instruction as to rhythm of self-care. Um, I just want to point this out. Um, self-care is not our permission as Christians to sit back and be lazy. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I preached a message and I said, stay focused, stay focused. And focus means stay focused on the prize, but stay active. Um, 
Rest is not inactivity. Re Let me say that again. Rest does not mean inactivity. Uh, when I talk about having good self-care, good practice of rest and self-care, what I'm not saying is unplug and be avoidant to the things going on around you. In fact, let me read this really quickly. In Exodus 34, 21, this is part of the commandments that were given to Moses that we, we read in the old part of the Bible uh, called the Old Testament. It says, six days you shall labor, but on the seventh day you shall rest. Let's just, just talk about the math really quickly. Um, is six more than one? A resounding yes. Six is more than one. Scripture tells us that we are going to labor six days you shall labor. We're going to labor more than we rest. Uh, so self-care, it's important. We should be laboring. We should be working. We should, like, there should be activity in our life. What I'm not saying is, is while we're dealing with all of the stress or we're dealing with uncertainty, we should unplug and we should do nothing. What I'm saying is that the labor might actually go up because the, the promise that we have is, is that you're going to labor for six days. You're going to work hard and you're, you're going to be tired. That's why that necessitates the seventh day of rest. Even during the plowing season and harvest, you must rest. So even when you're the busiest, the plowing and harvest season, even when you're the busiest, you should rest. Even when you're working, it seems like six days a week, you know, 24 hours a day, which I know we're not, but it feels like that, doesn't it? And we need rest. And God tells us very clearly, we were created for labor, but we also have to manage our care with rest. Um, Jesus understood the need for self-care himself in Luke 5.15. Yet the news about him spread all the more. So the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sickness. But catch this, Jesus, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and he prayed. That Jesus himself, the son of God, our savior, the one who died on the cross, the one who overcame death, who took his place, seated next to the father in the heavenlies, that even Jesus understood that he needed self-care himself. And he would work, 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 work. And then he would need to get away. He would withdraw and he would rest and he would pray. And then Jesus also understood our need for self-care. Jesus understood our need for self-care. There's a story in the Bible where Jesus and the disciples, you know, they feed 5,000 and with a little morsel of food and does this miracle, you know, Jesus has this miracle performed and all of these people get fed and the people are pressing in on the disciples and pressing in on Jesus. And Jesus can recognize that, that the apostles have been working diligently and desperately in order to feed the mouths of these 5,000 people. Doesn't that, in a way, doesn't that remind you of where we're at? Doesn't that remind you of maybe where we sit today? Um, perhaps you have been working diligently and desperately um, to help feed uh, people that desperately need food right now. People that need care in the hospital. I mean, all the first responders who are putting themselves on the front line, all of the nurses, all of the doctors, the medical care staff, um, everyone who is putting themselves in a position of being on the front line and working the extra hours and working desperately. This is this moment and we're all in this position and Jesus understands your need. I want, I want, you, to, I want you to hear me say this right now. 
you're tired and you're weary. And I, I personally believe there's some, some of you that are, are watching and listening right now. And you need to hear this. You're tired and you're weary. And Jesus understood before today your need to rest and your need to rest in him. And uh, I just, I actually want to just speak uh, rest and peace over you. If that's you, um, don't be silent. I would love for you to raise your hand and say, hey, that's me. I could use some more prayer and we would love to connect with you. And any of you that are first responders or working on the front lines, um, not only do we commend you, but we're committed to praying for you. And if you need anything, let us know. In Mark 6.30, it says, The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they didn't even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Jesus recognizes their labor and their work and that they had pushed aside their own need to take care of themselves. And this is what happens sometimes. And so maybe for some of you tonight, maybe like Jesus urging the apostles like he did right here, so he, said, he ended up saying to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Maybe hearing me tonight, is what you need to be urged. You haven't been eating. You haven't been feeding yourself uh, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, relationally. Um, you haven't been feeding yourself properly. And it's not your fault. It's okay. All of us are susceptible to these same things in times of crisis. But now you're hearing the word and I'm hoping and I'm praying that it creates an urgency in you to get some rest. Um, here's something that struck me, uh, a couple a couple of thoughts, and I really want you guys, if you have any, um, I, if you have any questions, I really would like you guys to, to, um, to let me know. I'm going to have, our team is going to send me, hopefully they're going to hear me say this, um, send me some texts on text message and just pull some questions off the feeds. I can't watch four feeds at once and and care for you guys, but they're going to help me and I'm going to answer some questions right off these feeds. Here's, here's some thoughts. I want, I want us to grab a hold of this really quickly. Let me keep your attention for a second. Self-care is good to get a breather before getting back in the battle. Self-care is good and necessary for getting a breather before getting back in to the battle. Good self-care is like when when... Uh, you watch, you know, professional football and these guys come off the field and they go over and they grab an oxygen mask and they get some oxygen and they're getting a breather. It's temporary. That rest is temporary and the rest is necessary for them to get a breather in order to get their lungs full so they can get back into the battle. And I think when Jesus took the apostles and he said, hey, listen, you guys have been working your you know, tail off and you, you've been probably pushing your own your own health aside, your own need to eat aside, and I'm urging you to get some rest. He was urging them to get some rest. Why? Because he knew that they needed to be re-engaged in the battle. Family, we, we, are, we are still embattled with a real enemy who is after the hearts and the minds and the souls and the spirits um, of every one of us and the people around us that we love. And this is the truth. We're, we're, really, we're really dealing uh, with a pandemic of sorts of not only sickness, but 
this, this understanding and awareness of void in our life. Widespread people are understanding more and more their need for rest and their need um, to, to take care of themselves, but it's for a purpose. It's so that we can be reengaged in the battle. Um, self-care offers us uh, a needed rest, but it falls short of the restoration that we truly need. Self-care offers us needed rest, but falls short of the restoration that we truly need. At the end of the day, um, Jesus is the greatest example of rest that we can find. At the end of the day, Jesus is the greatest example of what it looks like to stay engaged in what's going on around us, uh, stay engaged in the midst of crisis. But he's the best example of rest that he disengaged. And when he disengaged, he was very intentional about engaging with the Father. And that rest for us, self-care offers us a needed rest, but it will never be the restoration that we need. And Jesus alone is the only thing that brings the rest to our restoration. Jesus is the only thing that can bring true rest to our restoration. And so one of the difficulties is, uh, I'm going to give you guys some, some tips, some, I guess, some six key things that we can go through, um, that we can focus on. And I'm going to have some scriptures attached and I'm going to attach this to uh, this broadcast so that you guys have, um, you guys have the information as you, as you guys want it. Um, self-care tactics are not cures to our root problems. And here's what I mean. Uh, we can walk through um, getting our needed rest and we can put really good small habits in play in order to distract us momentarily from these bigger things that are going on. And I think that that's necessary sometimes. It's necessary to disengage and to and allow yourself to, to get your bearings and get your footing. But that tactic doesn't cure the root problem. And so if I'm dealing with high levels of depression right now, if I'm dealing with high levels of anxiety right now, if I'm dealing with high levels of loneliness right now, there, there are small things we can use tactically, but they don't solve the root problem. And I want you to know that because what I would hate to happen is for some of you to take these six things, these six areas that we can focus on um, that I'm going to go through real quickly and think that that's going to solve the root issue that's inside of you. That, that I want you to know that Jesus is the only thing that can truly bring rest to our restoration. So we have to be careful that our tools for self-care aren't diversions for our depression. If you're dealing with depression right now, you have to be careful that your tools for self-care aren't diversions because diversions will ultimately, they'll become distractions to root issues being resolved. Let me say that again. Diversions, if left, if left alone and we don't deal with, with the root issue. Diversions will become distractions to the root issue of what's going on inside of us getting solved. So we need to deal with, we may momentarily unplug, take that one day out of seven, take that one minute out of 20, take that one hour out of 24. We take that brief break, 
but it's important that we re-engage. And the reason we need to get back in the battle is because there's still a root system that's driving our fear, driving our anxiety, driving our depression. Now, I want to say this really quickly. Um, I am not at all um, a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I am, I'm a pastor. So the, the premise of my resolution is a God that is bigger than our circumstances and bigger than our problems. But I know that God made me and he, he created me and he created the chemistry in me. And there's some really key things that I think if you're dealing with depression, um, I want to real quickly, I want to tell you, Chris Vallotton wrote, uh, has, a, has a really amazing, easy to read uh, blog post that he just put out lately. And he's got some incredible, incredible books that he recommends. One of the authors he recommends is Dr. Caroline Leaf. I love Dr. Caroline Leaf. My wife originally read her a number of years ago and got me hooked on her. And I read one of her books. She's got some amazing stuff about dealing with these things. Uh, and that is her field of study. She's also a follower of Jesus. And so you get you get the, the part of it that is medical and there's science because this is, this is who we are, but she brings God into the mix. So I'm not going to pretend to have all the answers when it comes to the science or to the psychology or the, the, the brain function and all that. What I know is I know what the scripture says, and I want to give you the resource. So in, if you're on YouTube, in the description, you'll find some links. Um, you'll see a link to Chris Valentin. Here's the other thing. If you are dealing with issues right now, if you have needs right now, we have a resource page on our website at themovement.org. If you're on YouTube, you can also go into the description, um, into the show notes, and you can click the link and you can go to our resource page and we've got great resources there. Um, let's um, let, let's take, if you guys have uh, some questions, let's, let's see if there's any questions in here that we can hug God tighter. That's right, Lydia. Let's see if we have some awesome things. Yeah. So somebody brought something up. Um, let me give you a good example. So here's, here's some key things. <laughs> here's a question. This is a great question. Uh, how do I clearly communicate with my family when I'm constantly surrounded by them? Man, six days of labor and one day of rest. You know, I, I would say take some time to step away from your family for a little bit. So I'll, I'll just use my house as an example. Um, every day, Shandra and I, uh, my wife who joined me last week uh, here at Wednesday Night Live, every single day, my wife and I try to exercise. Why? Because one of the things that we found is that exercise is a key component to us feeling, again, feeling, us feeling good. Um, that does a lot. It gets endorphins going. It, you know, it helps me stabilize and her stabilize our eating habits and nutrition. Our sleep helps regulate cortisol. Um, 
serotonin levels it makes you sleep, you know, those things make you sleep. Cortisol is your stress hormone. So I think, you know, there's something to be said for us getting a break. The reason I'm bringing that up is, is that if you're constantly around your family and you don't feel like you're getting that breather in order to speak or to get clarity in your mind, um, Romans 12, right? I need to come to Jesus. I need to bring myself to Jesus. So I'm going to be like Jesus. I'm going to get away for a while. And I'm going to withdraw myself. I'm going to pray. I'm going to go to God and say, God, I need some clarity on, and help me compartmentalize some things. I'm feeling some, I'm feeling some, some dissatisfaction. It almost feels like anger. And am I angry at, am I angry at my wife? Am I angry at my children? Am I angry at my boss? We don't know what we might be actually angry at, but we'll just be angry at everybody. And so I think by getting away, Jesus gives us this great, you know, I think Jesus, one of the reasons why Jesus was so awesome and he's like the perfect picture of rest is before Jesus even got to the point of getting super mad, he's like, I'm going to get away because I need to rest and I need to go to the father. I need to go and I need to get perspective. And I think our perspective right now is huge. So I would say to you, um, find a room, find a space, find a safe space that you can go to for a few minutes even. And for Shandra and I, it's, you know, hey, we need to exercise for 30 minutes, exercise for an hour. Her and I did a workout together today. Um, and I realized like she, she loves it when I take time and I exercise with her. Why? It's helping a lot. It helps communicate a lot. It helps clear our minds. And so um, I, would, I would recommend maybe getting away a little bit. Um, been talking about keeping your eyes focused on Jesus. How have you been keeping your eyes on him daily? So here's what I was going to share with you guys. Let me go to this really quickly. Um, one of the things that I realized, I'm trying to find this page, there it is. So number one, um, Gosh, some some really good questions coming through. So bear with me for a second. Some ways to focus on Jesus daily. Number one, the number one way, the absolute number one way is get into Scripture. Get into the Word of God. Uh, no questions asked. Um, you know, do what you can to get into Scripture. There are so many things buried in scripture that are good for us. Promises that God has for us, uh, wise things for us to, if we're dealing with a situation, there's wisdom in scripture. Um, there's prescription, meaning, hey, if you're dealing with this, Jesus prescribes, this is, this is what you should do. And so um, I think getting in scripture is absolutely, absolutely key. Um, and then uh, probably some of the other things that I do to keep focused on Jesus daily is uh, I try to ask the question, and you've heard me preach about this. I try to ask the question, God, what are you doing in this situation? As opposed to the perspective, God, what are you doing to me? Uh, or why is this happening to me? It's God, what's the bigger picture? What are you doing in it? How, and it helps me focus in and realigning on him. Prayer and fasting. I know I preached on this last week, prayer and fasting. So uh, I know that the last couple of days, there's been a couple of things in my life that I have just foregone and said, I'm going to, I'm going to fast. I'm going to abstain from, and I'm going to utilize this as a fast to be able to focus in on Jesus. Um, go back to last week's, this last Sunday's message. If you haven't watched it, you can catch our, all of our three services are up on YouTube and I believe on Facebook and you can find it some 
I would go there and, and, and take a look at it. Um, what's the difference between having fear, being scared? Is it okay to have fear? Fear 100% is something that you were built with. Fear is not, it's not like fear in and of itself isn't something like the enemy doesn't give you uh, fear. I, I want to be clear about this. The enemy can use fear. Fear is something that God built into your body as a mechanism to actually create safety for you. So if you were walking out in the woods, uh, I know like there's a guy that Shander and I listen to and love. His name is Dr. Jerome Liba. And um, I put his name in, in a couple weeks ago and I can repost and get you guys connected with him. And uh, he deals with functional neurology and he talks about the fact that fear is innate in us, meaning if you encountered, he uses this analogy of encountering a bear. If you encountered a bear, your fear 100% absolutely is a necessity. Why? Because it heightens your senses. It gives you a shot of adrenaline. It puts you in a, in a position of being able to make decisions immediately on whether or not you're going to fight or you're going to take off. So it's that fight or flight. And so, yeah, I think it's doing something. Um, so I think fear, it's okay to have fear what do we do with our fear and how do we respond with our fear is a totally different thing. I think being fearful is, is human. I think when fear dictates or has control over us or it dictates what I'm going to do next, that's when fear now rules over me and we are not to be ruled over by anything. Um, so fear is there. We need to be aware of it. And then we need to maybe have some tools to deal with it but I think fear, you're not, you're not failing in your faith if you're dealing with fear. That was something that I talked about a couple weeks back in one of my messages. Um, some people have said, this is, here's a huge question. I'm going to open up a can of worms, but I'm going to totally take it. Some people have said that this is the end of the world and Jesus is coming back soon. Do you think this is true? What I think is, uh, yeah, Jesus is going to come back. And I think Jesus is going to come back and scripture says that we will not know time or day. And so um, I think that's a, that, that's, a, that's a statement that's kind of like a no-brainer. Yes, Jesus is going to come back soon. Uh, I think more importantly, maybe the question is, do we think that COVID-19 is a sign that Jesus is coming back in 2020 or 2021? This is the end of the world kind of a thing. Um, you know, I think Jesus has depicted to us the reality that we don't and we will not know the time or place. Um, and our job while we're on this side of heaven is that we are here to advance the kingdom and advance his church and advance his name and advance the hope that he's given us and advance the faith and to make disciples and to go into nations. And there is a ton of work to be done. So uh, do I think that, again, Jesus is coming back? Yeah, he's going to come back. Do I know when? I have no idea when. Uh, and I would probably, for me, be a bit uncomfortable saying that this was the situation that Jesus was coming back in. I think, uh, I think Scripture is pretty clear about us not knowing the time or place. How can I be serving my church family during this time? I think one of the biggest things that you can do to serve your church family during this time is to continue to be ministers of the hope that you carry. Um, there are a lot of things that you know, obviously that we're doing on the back end. And if you would like, you can feel free and you can reach out um, directly and you can always email um, any one of us here. You can email 
um, probably the who who would probably be the best person to have them email to get information on on how to step in, Jake. Who do you think would be the best person? If somebody, for somebody said, like, to put them in contact on things they can do to help serve. Haley, you think so? Okay, that's what I was thinking. Haley um, at themovement.org. Haley at themovement.org. Haley, right now, as I said that, was was going, oh my gosh. Um, but uh, here's the deal. Um, you can email Haley. The reason I say Haley, and I was going to say that, and Jake confirmed was Haley is dealing with, okay, here's, here, here's the first thing you can do. Please be in prayer for our staff. Please be in prayer for our teams. Please be in prayer for our ministry leaders. Um, our staff and our teams and our ministry leaders are on the front line spiritually um, and emotionally and from a care standpoint. We are all, every one of us are dealing with receiving phone calls and getting calls from people uh, that are in tough, 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 tough situations. You can also reach um, 760-500-4888. That number is on our website. You can go to resources uh, for COVID right on our front page. You can click the button. It takes you to a resource page. That link is in our YouTube description. Um, that's 760-500-4888. Um, Haley can get you to the right place if there's something specific you can serve in. Um, obviously, person-to-person serving right now is a little bit interesting because we're trying to cut down on how many people, how close. So a lot of the serving is behind the scenes, but I will tell you that one of the biggest things you can do is you can be praying for our team and our staff. And the second thing is, and I started to say this was, be a minister of hope. Hey, listen, church family, anyone who's listening to this, everyone who hears my voice, I want you to remember this. The job that we carry as the church is to make disciples. And in Ephesians, it says that we are to release the the ministry into your hands. And one of the most brilliant things that I think has happened with everything going on with COVID is it's decentralized the need to put the work on the staff or on the pastor. And what it's showing us and what's bringing to light and what it's drawing us together, the church is stronger than ever. I want you to know this, church family. Right now in 2020, on April 1st, and this isn't an April Fool's joke, I'm not messing around, the church is stronger right now, not gathering together than they have ever been. I firmly believe this. Why? Because we are all stepping in and we're becoming ministers of hope to our neighbors and to our friends and to our coworkers and to our children and to our spouses and to our families and extended families. We're doing the things that we're called to do. I want to encourage you, keep doing those things. That's the biggest way that you can serve right now. Um, there's some practical things that you could probably do to help serve here at the movement. And again, getting a hold of Haley would really help. Um, how do you deal, this is a great question, uh, how do you deal with loneliness right now when you live alone? Uh, one of the big things that we realized was last week, we probably turned a corner where we went from, people were dealing with fear, anxiety, and uncertainty in the very beginning. And now it's turned to uh, loneliness, depression, 
And we've even we've even seen an uptick, not just us as a church, we have, but we've also socially, we're already seeing an uptick in, in, in depression and the rate of depression, but also the rate of suicide going up. And so if you live alone, number one, I want to tell you, you're not alone. Uh, number two, we have worked really, really hard behind the scenes. So on a very simple level, like take it home for you right now. If you're, uh, if you live alone and you're quarantined and you're really feeling that disconnection, um, we're working on, and we've just implemented in, in this next week, we're rolling out uh, some digital group meetings where you can connect with people on live chat, on video. And is that, is that the ultimate um, no, it's not the ultimate, meaning there's something about humanity being in contact with one another. Uh, oxytocin gets released in our bodies when we're close to one another and we're within a certain proximity. Um, and we need to be closer than six feet for that to happen. And so ultimately, uh, we look forward to the day that we're, we're shoulder to shoulder and face to face again. But if you live alone, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you to self-elect to raise your hand and to reach out and say, I live alone and I'm completely lonely. And uh, we will do everything in our power to get you connected in a group where you can meet digitally once a week. There are so many positive stories. We've had groups meeting for the last two weeks uh, via Zoom. And um, you can actually go to our website and you can go to our groups page. I'm getting a text message right now. And you can go to our groups page and we have a groups page up. You can sign up right now. You can get connected right now in one of our digital group meetings. And this is going to be enormous in my opinion because it's going to give you digital FaceTime and video and be able to chat with people. The last two weeks has been amazing. It's been incredible. We've had groups meeting and uh, they've loved it and it's kept their spirits high and it's kept them connected. Is it the same? Now, listen, I want, I, I, again, I want to say, is it the same? No, it's not the same, but it is without a doubt. It is, it is connection and it has helped tremendously. The biggest thing that it will do is, is it's going to put you in a space where you're not going to feel alone anymore because you're going to have conversations with people that are going to say, oh my gosh, I feel exactly like you and you'll realize that you're not alone. And so that's, that's really, really important. Um, how do you deal? Let's see here. How do you explain to a non-believer why God lets these horrible things happen like this pandemic? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so Really quick theology. Um, so everyone that was on Instagram, um, our Instagram cut off. So I don't know how you guys would hear me. They wouldn't. It's okay. It's okay, Becca. Um, so how, how do you explain to a non-believer God lets horrible things happen like this pandemic? So quick theology. Theology is this, um, the study of God. God is good, Satan is bad. So let's just say this right now. Turn to the person that you're sitting with. If you're not sitting with somebody, I want you to look at yourself in a mirror. I want you to just self-profess. I want you to say, say right now, hold on, don't say it yet. On the count of three, on the count of three, we're gonna say it. So I'm gonna say one, two, three, and then let's say it. And we're gonna say, God is good, Satan is bad. So one, two, three. God is good, 
Satan is bad. Now, here's the deal. We have to fundamentally understand this principle that God is good and Satan is bad. Now, why do we need to understand that? Because God, I think the bigger question is, God was not the creator of, hey, Instagram, we're back live. Um, God is not the creator of the pandemic, okay? God is not the creator of the sickness. The reason why we live with sickness and we live with destructive situations and we live with war and we live with all these things was because of this initial moment in the beginning of scripture in Genesis where our forefather and mother, Adam and Eve, made a, made a humanity decision to rely on themselves and their wisdom and their strength more than the wisdom and strength of their creator, God. And in doing so, opened up and unleashed something that God never meant for us to have. And in that, we end up dealing with the sin factor. We end up dealing with the repercussions of everything that sin. Sin has a father. His name is Satan. So we end up dealing with all of the things underneath the father of sin, which is sickness, um, dis disease or dis-ease in our bodies. We have war. We have um, disharmony. So all these situations. So somehow to a non-believer, really the question I think behind it is, how do you explain to a non-believer that God, God didn't create these things? Um, and he lets these horrible things happen. Listen, God, God is actually the only one that can redeem and restore the horrible things happening. Um, the enemy right now is wielding his power here on earth, this side of heaven, and he's releasing these things in our midst. And what we need to do is, uh, our focus isn't, well, God, you let this happen. It's humanity actually started that in motion, number one. Uh, number two, God is the answer. He's the, he's the one who's going to resolve and restore. He's going to reconcile all those things. And so, um, a bit of a tough question to probably answer for a non-believer, but my hope is, is that you have relationship with that person or with those people and you can create a dialogue. Dialogue is ongoing. So don't feel like whoever asked that question, don't feel like you have to answer that question in a 30 second elevator pitch. Dialogue, relationship, start to explore what's behind the question um, and just be willing to listen to your friend or to your family member who's asking that question, I think is probably the best thing that I can say. Um, how do you deal with a loved one that may not be saved and may have COVID-19? I think you deal with them the same way. You know, I think you, you love them first and foremost. You love them the best that you absolutely can. And I think you present to them the same hope that you carry and you present to them the same hope that I was talking about and speaking even to a non-believer. Our job is to be hope dealers and you have a greater opportunity right now. If you have a loved one who is dealing with COVID-19 potentially and they're not a follower of Jesus, man, you are like, you are like in a winning position to present and to give something to a loved one that no one else in the world can give. Uh, you can give them a hope that's beyond all hope, and you can you can give them a peace that's beyond all peace. Pray for them, pray over them, and ultimately offer Jesus to them in practical ways by loving them, but offer Jesus to them in very principled ways. 
ask them, do you know Jesus? You know, do you, do you want a relationship with Jesus? Um, beyond the question, again, dialogue and relationship, spend time with them. Um, and how do you deal with them? I mean, I, I'd have to get some more context uh, maybe on, on what you meant. I, ho- I, hope, I hope these are answering the questions. <laughs> it's like I'm flying so blind in this. So um, do you think this social distancing will affect us long-term relationship-wise? Yes, I think it will. Here's, here's my response to this. I think social distancing will absolutely um, affect us long-term. Here's how I would say it. I think things will go back to normal, but they will never go back to the normal that we once knew. So how will it affect us relationally? I think by and large, what it will do is it's going to, and I know I'm hearing this happen. uh, I think social distancing, I'm just going to speak for myself. Social distancing, and this is a positive thing, actually, how I think it's going to affect community and affect us. Social distancing is making all of us right now so unbelievably hungry for, for community and for touch that we had lost that. Now, maybe, maybe that's just something in Southern California, but I feel like we are so busy and we are so out of touch with one another and we run day to day and our communication is limited to text message, maybe a DM, a like on one of our media platforms. And what this has done is it's completely slowed the train down to a pace where I'm able to be more present as a father, as a husband, as a friend. And so I'm more distant in some cases, but I'm actually closer. For instance, I've had multiple people, this is fascinating to me, multiple people reach out and say they have never felt so close to the people around them, although they're they're further away. There's this, dis, like they haven't been out of their house, they haven't been able to go visit family, but they feel closer to people now than they did before. I think what the social distancing has done is it's leveled the playing field and it's made humanity just a flat line, meaning it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter any of the status of our lives that we can build around us. What we all realize right now is we desperately need each other. And, and my prayer is, is that that thing inside of us that we're, 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 listen, we're grieving. This is what we're grieving right now. Socially, we're grieving the loss of one another. I firmly believe this. We're grieving the loss of community. We're and we are built and we are made to be standing shoulder to shoulder, face to face. We were we were made for that, and so I think it's going to forever change uh, how we do things. And I think it's a positive thing. I hope my prayer is that we don't go back to some crazy. Like it's good for a month and we're really close to each other. And then we just all go back to being crazy and running around and we forget about what really matters is, I guess, uh, what I'm getting at. Um, what's a typical day like in the Lynch household right now? Crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Uh, no, in all seriousness, it's a full house. We have, you know, again, 10 people that live in our house. Um, I'm not going to get a ton into that on this platform. But I will tell you that, you know, we've got 85-year-old down to a 10-month-old, and we've got everything in between, and there's a lot going on, and we're doing the best we can uh, to do all the things. Listen, all the things that I'm talking about are things that I'm walking through. 
I'm walking through the anxiety. I'm walking through the grieving process. I'm walking through the confusion at times. I'm walking through this yo-yo effect of my emotions where I'm angry and grumpy about things. And I'm walking through needing to separate myself. I'm walking through all these things. So I think, I think we're just like you guys. And my hope is, is that out of our own experiences, we're bringing some value to you. So I really, to me, I really want to bring value um, to, to your home from our house to yours. I, I want to bring some value. Um, how do you balance having faith that God will protect us from disease and being smart in the natural? Gosh, you guys are knocking out of the park with questions tonight. So how do you deal with having faith that God will protect us from disease and being smart in the natural? I think this is going to sound absolutely elementary. And I really, I mean this. I think your answer is in the question. How do you balance having faith that God will protect us from disease and being smart in the natural? Be smart in the natural. Employ wisdom. Um, listen, we have to trust God as if he is the last resort. He is the, let me back up. He's the, he's the first place that we're going to place our, our faith and our hope and our trust. And he's the, la- he's the bookend, right? He's the first place and the last place. In between the bookend of, of trusting God in this, having faith in God, you and I have got to balance all of that by employing the faculties that God's given us up here. Um, we've been given in, like the most phenomenal supercomputer in our skull called a brain that we can utilize. So exercise wisdom. I think for us to throw out um, precautionary efforts and measures that we're being asked to potentially sustain for the next, say, like 30 days or whatever we're being asked. I mean, trust in God. Trust in God that the people that are the experts in this are hearing wisely and their their intelligence, their, their faculties are all there, um, which, you know, ultimately, if we employ wisely what we're being asked to do, And then also on top of that, like use your own wisdom. Perhaps, you know, you say, well, it's not a big deal. I'm just going to go hang out with, you know, eight people over here and these eight people that I know. And um, something inside of you is like, yeah, I just don't really know. I mean, what does wisdom say? What what is is that, that voice inside of you saying? So I think you have to place all of your eggs in the God basket. And then you have to remember that he, he gave you a, a brain basket and you've got to use it and you've got to make sure that you're employing whatever you can. So as simple as it sounds like wash your hands, right? Stay at home as often as you can. Uh, employ really good hygiene when you're out in public. When you come in, employ really good hygiene walking in the door. Protect those around you that are probably more uh, apt to have severe reactions to the illness. So, um, I would say, you know, use, use your wisdom, use your discernment. Um, let's see here. Okay. Cool. Well, Hey, listen, we've been together for how long have we been together? Just over an hour. Man, you guys have hung in there. I feel like this is crazy how long you guys have hung in there. Um, it was not my goal, actually, to be on live uh, this long. But 
I want to give you six really quick areas, six really quick areas. I'm going to link these. I'm going to go through them very quickly. And then what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to, um, after going through them, I'm going to be sure that we put them up so that uh, you guys can go back and you can revisit them. Um, listen, exercise small habits so that you can stay focused on a big God. So self-care means I want you to exercise small habits to stay focused on a big God. Okay, so stay in the habit of, here's six things. Number one, community. Stay in the habit of community. Um, number two, gratitude. Stay in a posture of gratitude. Give thanks. First Thessalonians 5.16, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. Just maintain a heart of gratitude. Wake up every morning. When I pray with, you know, my nine-year-old, I'll be praying with her, and every night we, we have the same prayer. I'm like, thank you, and I, we were, so, we're thankful for everything. And of course, we ask God to protect us and do all those, you know, things that we need to do, but um, maintain a heart of gratitude. Number three, here's a small habit. Focus on get good nutrition, okay? Eat well. Right now, it's like, it's a huge joke. My wife and I joke about it, but we joke about not putting on the COVID-19. It's like everyone ran out of their quarantine food the first day. I started eating pizzas, gluten-free pizzas, and I'm just like, what in the world's happening to me? I put on a couple pounds. Um, maintain good eating habits. Uh, the, that's huge. It's going to help. Listen, good nutrition will help you regulate a lot of your body chemistry that's screwing up some other things. It's, it's, they're all tied in together. So um, good nutrition. Um, in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, says, don't you know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? Um, you're not your own. You're bought at a price. Honor God with your body. So make wise decisions uh, nutritionally. Uh, number four, rest, get rest, 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 rest. You know, we've already, we've already beat this into the ground. Six days of labor, one day of rest. Listen, God himself created everything that we can taste, smell, see, feel in six days, and he rested on the seventh. If he's the creator of all things and he rested on the seventh, uh, he was giving us a really good framework for us that we need to labor, 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 but we need to rest. And I think that's important. So um, number four was rest. Um, number five, prayer. That's a, that's a habit to stay in. Stay in the habit of prayer. Um, if we are not consistently in every situation, I love Philippians 4. It says, don't be anxious about anything. Here's the key, especially right now. Don't be anxious about anything. Easier said than done. But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. This is the key. Verse 7, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We need the guardianship of Jesus Christ over our hearts and minds. We need the peace that he brings, and we need to maintain a habit of prayer. You don't need to pray 24-7, but you need to maintain a habit of prayer. Um, number six is scripture. I'm going to say um, for sure, and I said this in one of the questions earlier, scripture, scripture, scripture. Um, Jesus, when he was led in Matthew 4, he was led right after his baptism, was led out into the wilderness, and he was tempted by the devil. He was tempted by Satan himself. And Satan tried to trick him and tried to give uh, Jesus some scripture, threw some scripture at him. And Jesus' response was brilliant. He answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So we focus on our, our physical body nutrition, and we need to focus on our spiritual man. We have our physical man nutrition that we need to focus on, and we have our spiritual man nutrition that we need to focus on. 
And so if you asked me, what I would tell you is, is that I would focus on your spiritual man nutrition first, and then I would make sure that you're focusing on your physical man nutrition. I'm not saying that you forego either one of those, uh, but scripture never tells me to fast from God's word, but scripture does tell me to fast from my physical nutrition to focus me more in my spiritual man. So there's a, there's a principle there. So I think scripture, I think feeding my spiritual man is more important. And so if you want a better reference on what I just said in terms of fasting, you can go back to my message from this last Sunday on YouTube and you can listen to that message and I talk about prayer and fasting. Here's a bonus one, last one. Here's a bonus thing that I'm going to give to you. And it is this. Uh, physical activity. So here's the bonus number seven, uh, physical activity. You figure out your rhythms and your routines, however you need to do it. But I'm going to tell you, exercise, exercise, exercise. Uh, We have found in our family, what we need to do is we need to get at least 30 minutes of some sort of exercise in. We get our kids outside to ride bikes. We go on walks. We, My wife took our daughters, it was really cool, on a nature scavenger hunt to help my four-year-old with some of her learning that she was doing. And I think it is really, really powerful, the fact that we were made to move. Our bodies were made to move. It releases oxytocin. It releases endorphins. You feel good, the oxygen in your system. If you want a mental shift, um, Dr. Caroline Leaf, I heard her today on her Instagram, follow her on her Instagram. She gives these great tips every single day on on how to deal with uh, your, your mind and what's going on right now. She said, step outside and get a fresh breath of air. It was that simple. Why? Because we need the vitamin D. We need the sunlight. We need the oxygen. And if we can go out and we can get this oxygenization in our our body, we can get our body moving, we get more oxygen to our muscles, more oxygen to our brain, it will change the way we're thinking, the way we're feeling. You will find you have more energy. You're going to sleep better. It's going to help out with a lot of things. So that's my bonus number seven. So um, (laughs) uh, all the jokesters coming through here. Um, Man, this is really cool. I appreciate... Um, I appreciate, appreciate, appreciate being with you guys tonight. Um, I'm going to jump over here um, really quickly. And um, yeah, I'm just looking at a few a few of these messages. So hey, listen, family, um, we got a lot of great things coming up. Obviously, we're moving into this weekend on Sunday, which is Palm Sunday. And then we will have Good Friday and we'll have Easter. And although we won't be together in person, um, that we will personally be with you. And uh, I'm going to show up as I do every single Sunday uh, from our house to your living room. And my prayer for you guys is that tonight was helpful. Um, It was hopeful. It gave you some practical things, maybe helped urge you um, to get some rest and to focus on self-care. If you have any questions anything at all, if you have anything that you need, uh, anything that you you feel like as I was speaking that God was speaking to you about, I would love to hear it. I would love, love, love to connect with you guys. And so um, be on the lookout. Um, hey, uh, follow um, all of us on our media platform. So all of our At The Movement, um, whether on our Facebook, uh, like and follow us on that page, on our YouTube, go subscribe. Uh, to that page. 
uh, and follow us there on Sunday mornings as well. You can go to our Instagram, the Movement Church, and you can follow us there. Um, you can always follow me at Pat Lynch Vox. That's at Pat Lynch, V-O-X, the letters V-O-X, at Pat Lynch Vox is my Instagram. Uh, I am probably most active on Instagram. Um, I would love to connect with you there. I've been connecting with a lot of people there. So I would love for you to follow me. And I would love for you and I to be able to spend some time dialoguing. Uh, it's been great. I go live there every once in a while. Um, and uh, we chat about things that are coming up. Hey, family, I'm going to pray really quickly. And unless we can think of anything else, I think we're good. I'm going to pray real quickly. Um, Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. And I just ask, uh, Lord, in the midst of crisis, in the midst of everything going on, just like the apostles who were running and weary, who were desperate, who forgot to feed themselves, they, the 5,000 got fed and they forgot to feed themselves. There's Right now listening, there's, there's, um, there's some mamas and there's some papas. There's some moms and dads that right now are worried about their jobs. They're worried about their kids. They're worried about their homes. Um, there's some people that are single and they don't have any other income. They don't have a dual income family. It's just them. And they're concerned about their income. They're concerned about their, their livelihood and the workplace that they're in. And they're working and they're doing everything they can and maybe like the apostles, they haven't been taking time to feed themselves. And so, God, I ask right now for just wisdom. And I would urge every person that if this is resonating in your heart, um, that can we together as a family, can we just make Sunday a Sabbath again? Like, let's reclaim Sunday as a Sabbath Let's take time where we just set aside everything going on. And um, it's like the world put everything on pause for us so that we can reclaim Sunday as the Sabbath, the seventh day. And we can spend time uh, doing the things that we need to do to, to self-reflect and to take stock and inventory. And so I, I thank you for the opportunity that you've given to us and our family as we've enjoyed Sunday evenings and spending time together, all of our children together, which is a rare occasion. And um, God, that every single person listening to this, that we would feel an urgency to take a Sabbath, to take a rest. I'm going to use this word, to take a rest. And let's reclaim Sunday. Let's make it a day where we tune in, we join each other online. We enjoy our time with our families. We enjoy our time with roommates. We enjoy our time with our, our furry friends, whatever it is. And we spend moments with you first. We give back to you time because we labor the other six days. And so God, I just pray peace right now and wisdom. Lord, as we continue to move through um, this quarantine, and we move through dealing with uh, COVID-19. God, we do not stand in fear because uh, we know that nothing opposes your word. God, we're, we're appropriately cautious and we're wise, but we stand firm on you, who you are, and on your word. God, I thank you. Thank you for this family. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to spend some time here tonight. We love, love, love looking forward to the moment that we're going to get to see each other shoulder to shoulder and face to face. And we love the moments we get to share here digitally online. God, we thank you in Jesus' powerful name. Every 
single person said in their homes, in their spaces, amen and amen. It was great being with you from our house to your living room, from our heart to yours. We look forward to seeing you guys on Sunday.